Hi there, this is Michael Westra with Breaking the Systems of Control podcast. Come hang out with me as we explore and pursue true freedom, liberty, and the art of minding your own business. What's up and welcome back to episode 9 of Breaking the Systems of Control podcast. Glad to have you listening in. There's not a whole lot of news about the podcast besides one of the biggest news, and that is that from here on out, I am actively making major steps in the uh, direction of moving all of my content off of these large tech companies' services. So I already don't use Twitter. I'm done with Twitter. I still somewhat use Facebook to stay in contact with family and friends, but I've been making a lot of posts alluding to uh, me leaving their platform. So I've been trying to get the message out that I'm going to be leaving soon and here's how you can contact me. I'm even, I, I just started posting videos on YouTube. I know that. I think I'm going to leave completely because just starting off onto YouTube is more of a reason to leave because I, I'm not leaving behind a huge following. At this point, I, I may as well build my following on Odyssey and BitChute. I already started uploading videos on these platforms, so you're definitely going to see a lot more. Today, we have an interview with Todd. Similar to one of the previous interviews, his last name is none of your business. He wants to stay anonymous, so I'm going to respect that. Now, this time, he's wanting to stay so anonymous that he didn't even want to do a video version. So I respected that also. So if anyone's wondering, well, why isn't there a video version? Well, that's why. I do plan on doing videos in the future, so don't panic. Now, Todd is another libertarian-leaning individual that I met on Facebook. Although he is libertarian-leaning, I would say he is much more right-leaning than I, but we do agree on a lot, and I think you're going to see that in this interview. I really enjoyed the conversation, and I think you will too. But before we get started with the interview, let's get into the social media cringe of the week. So if you're anything like me, you've probably been getting a little irritated with this as well, because I'm sure you've seen this around. But it's in regards to what's been going on with big tech censorship. There's been this post or multiple posts going around where it's a big uh, echo in the PC mob where they're saying, well, it's kind of like the Christian baker refusing to bake a cake for the homosexuals. No, that's not how that works. Honestly, it's really irritating seeing people who are completely against that notion of giving businesses the right to refuse service to anyone they please. The libertarian approach, right? Well, in this case, it's not the libertarian approach, in my opinion. I'm really, really sick and tired of seeing libertarians defending this big tech censorship. Now, I will say, if 
these companies had no involvement with government at all, and they were deciding to censor conservatives, libertarians, Donald Trump, I would have zero issue with it. I would say, okay, well, I don't agree that they are doing it, and we shouldn't give them our support. But they have every right to. Now, in this case, it's a little bit different. Why? Because they are not only just benefiting from government. They are actually working with government in multiple ways. They are, first of all, tracking all your data on all your devices. And I get it. You are willingly allowing them to do this by accepting their terms. I get it. But at the same time, it isn't quite clear cut. Now, that doesn't mean you didn't agree to this. I, I, you did agree to it. So I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is the reason why they are doing this, one of the main reasons, is because government wants this data. They want you, they want them to collect this data so they can use it. On top of this, they are putting pressure on these organizations to censor any kind of speech that may threaten their power. Now, what does government do with this information once they receive it? Well, they start doing no-knock raids, commit murder, and throw people in cages for victimless crimes. Okay, that's messed up. And not only are they providing this, not only are these companies providing this information for government, and not only are they taking subsidies from government, but they are actually taking contracts with government, with intelligence agencies, such as the FBI and CIA. For example, Amazon signed a contract with the CIA for $600 million. Okay, these companies are not only working with government, but they are government at this point. So excuse me if I have an issue with that. No libertarian should be defending these pieces of shit. They are censoring your free speech because they are working for government and they don't want any threats. And I get it. Well, they were just a, a, a company that got offered something by the government. You would do the same. I, I don't think I would in their situation. But the fact of the matter is, government is creating a monopoly on these. And they are using them to commit horrendous acts. It's a win-win situation. See, the big tech companies... They get to eliminate all competition and the government gets to shit on the people some more and, and uh, become more powerful. If you are still not convinced that this is government action, not the free market action, let me give you a little analogy here. So let's say there is a large gang that runs all the drugs that come in and out of a neighboring city. So this gang comes to me and they say, hey, 
I'm going to give you a hundred grand if you will get us some information about our competition in this area. And I say, okay, well, what are you going to do with this information? Well, we're going to do what we have to do. We're going to eliminate the competition through violence and murder. And I say, oh, okay, let me, let me go do that. So I get them all this information. They end up eliminating their competition through violence, coercion, and murder. And then when the police come back to me, and I, I'm trying to defend myself, I, I say, well, I don't really work for this gang. I'm just getting paid by them to give them information that led to people getting killed. But I don't really work for them. I'm my own private company. I work for myself. Well, is that Does that make any logical sense? No, it does not. These pieces of shit are working for the government to expand government control. Stop supporting them and stop defending them. Anyway, with all that said, Todd, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Mike. Uh, thanks for inviting me on the podcast. I hope we can have a thoughtful discussion. I just wanted, since you didn't get to send in that questionnaire, uh, I just want to know like who you are, what you do. You know, basically my background, you know, I've been a DJ forever, so it's kind of like a self-proprietor, you know, or whatever you want to say. But as far as the, the pandemic, that killed all that, you know? So, okay. um, yeah. Are you, you know, are you doing any kind of, uh, are you able to work around that? Are you kind of doing some underground stuff? I, I mean, I did a couple here and there, but it's mostly I've been collecting unemployment and it's like that just ran out and they, you know, Whitmer didn't open up the industry again yet. So, um, I actually, not um, until it's destroyed, <laughs> yeah, I, um, switched over to real estate. So I'm working on, uh, getting, getting up and running in that, but you know, that takes time too. a lot of, uh, stuff to learn and, you know, before you even make, make any money. So that's the route I'm taking, um, DJing, you know, I, I'll probably DJ again, you know, it's not done or whatever, but as of right now, I'm done. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, dabble in photography and other things like that, but you know, same thing that you can't really do too much. It's a, you know, face-to-face -face type of job. And yeah, I thought I remembered seeing something on your profile about photography or videography or something. Yeah, I mean, what I've tried tried to promote mostly recently because DJing, you know, it's, I've done it for over twenty years, so it's like after the, after a point, you know, it, it's so monotonous, you just don't even want to do it anymore. You know, so it's kind of a, a breath of fresh air to to have a break from you know collecting unemployment. So it was kind of a blessing in a in a way, I guess, you know. But I, I don't like uh, I I don't necessarily agree with even collecting unemployment because it kind of goes against my principles. You know, I don't believe I, in I, uh, I agree. I don't believe in even the corporate bailouts or just the, the individual bailouts. But I also don't believe in um, you know the government taking away your liberties either. Yeah, right well, that's the problem. So they've been stealing your money for the entire time you've been uh, receiving some sort of paycheck, and then they completely 
shut down the end, the free market, the free industry uh, that you're working in. And I mean, what else are you going to do? I mean, they're, they're intervening in so many ways. I, I don't view it as wrong to take that paycheck from them. Yeah. So I, I'm against it too, but at the same time, there's not much else you can do. They shouldn't be getting involved in the way they are. And if they weren't getting involved the way they are, they wouldn't need to be giving handouts. Yeah. Well, and you know, the, the problem is, you know, between the, the federal government and the state government, they're all doing different things. So they're not on the same page. I'm just kind of curious. So obviously we've been Facebook friends for a little bit. I don't, I, and I, I see that you live in Michigan and I see that you're on libertarian pages as well as I, I'm curious, did how do I officially know you? How did I come into contact with you? How did we become Facebook friends? Was it through one of these libertarian pages or? I might've like uh, had some common ideas. I, I sent out friend requests, like sometimes if someone comments on something and I might've done that, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I just can't recall. I don't remember if I requested you or if we had some mutual contacts because I mean, you don't live very far from me, so. I was just curious. Yeah, I, I don't. I really don't know. Like, if someone sends me a friend request, as long as they're, you know, somewhat yeah. similar ideas, I I add them. I don't care. Even even if they, you know, have opposing views, as long as they they can debate their their side, I don't that that either. You know, right. it's you're wrong just because you thought that or something, or you're evil because you right. thought that. You know, right. I I am always open to discussion as long as they are uh, keeping a fair discussion and not like creating a straw man for me or just arguing out of emotion. If you, if they actually are interested in some kind of discussion, uh, a dialogue, I'm willing to have that. But, but yeah, it's just kind of funny because I was asking like my brother and some of my family and my friends, if they've heard of your name and they're like, no, your last name sounded familiar. So I thought maybe you were a, a mutual contact of a family or friend or something, but it must have just been one of the pages we're a part of. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I do hold a lot of libertarian uh, viewpoints. Um, you know, there's just like I, I lean kind of conservative too, so it's kind of a mix. I, I wouldn't call myself, uh, I wouldn't go as far as calling myself a Republican, especially right. after it happened lately. Um, you know, I, I think the party is just uh, conflicted in, in itself. And the, the strange part is, um, you know, when I was younger, and I'm sure it's probably um, how most people start out, at, like on the left, you know, you're young, you want the free stuff, you think it's good. But, you know, that's how I was raised, you know, to be more left leaning. And uh, I, I didn't really uh, get more towards the right side of the political spectrum until... Um, a little bit before Donald Trump, you know, came into office because I, I just I think I've I voted for Obama twice, you know, like that that was pretty stupid of me. And I don't even like to really admit it too much well, to public. But the thing is, I mean, so like what were your reasons for voting for him? Because a lot of times there it's understandable. A lot of times when libertarians come from that uh area, it's be 
because of the anti-war aspect, which obviously he's not truly anti-war, but he, he led America to believe he was. So what was your reasoning at the time for uh, being left-leaning and voting for Obama in general? I think I was just young and dumb and fell for the propaganda of hope and change. You know, I, I, I looked at it, you know, coming from the Bush era, you know, I, I didn't agree with any of the, the Bush stuff, you know, including the war stuff. Because back then that was a big issue. And when when Obama first ran, if I remember right, he wasn't uh, so far left as he became over time. You know, he wasn't advocating for gay marriage and all that. All that stuff happened after you know, he was elected. He was for border uh, um, restrictions. And, you know, that that's where I conflict with, um, you know, Libertarian Party is, you know, some of some of their their official stances open borders which i think is is uh generally an evil principle because yeah the free market of of labor i understand that that aspect but i believe it should be within the the country's borders and the reason why is because what will eventually happen is you'll get people that have to leave their family to go to say asia or whatever Cause that's their only option for a job, you know, right. that, that was a part. And I think that ultimately is evil. Um, you know, so I, I kind of have a conflict with their open border policy with the, the libertarian party. Um, so as far as, uh, so I just wanted to touch on the whole Obama thing and how you said he kind of became more, uh, left of center, uh, as time went on. My uh, view on this is that, it's simply that he he is just an authoritarian just like the bushes were and he just took on the popular uh um kind of the popular ideas in america so he at first was saying he's for traditional marriage because that was popular at the time he's a politician he was telling america what they wanted to hear once he was in office, a lot of the stuff became more transparent as far as like him not being for when he started coming out for gay marriage and stuff and uh, more open borders later on. I don't even know necessarily if that's what he truly believes. I don't think we'll ever know. What I do know is that he started off with Prince or saying that he had principles of being anti-war and wanting to pull all our troops back, but then he dropped more bombs than any other uh, uh, president in uh, United States history. He killed more innocent lives than anyone else ever has. So my problem is that he's just a liar. We, we can't trust the guy, but as far as open borders, I, I know exactly what you mean. And for me, I've kind of ran into that confliction as well. Um, I could kind of see both sides of the argument. I do know that libertarians are very um, centric around the idea of private property and property ownership. So let's say there was an area of land that was occupied by uh, property owners. I mean, obviously that's not going to be open to anybody to come there. If there was an a specific area where a bunch of libertarians or whatever, you have an area where liberty is this centric idea 
and there's just a bunch of property owners and they all agree that they don't want anybody else coming in into their area. I don't see any problem with that. I mean, it's their property. But as far as America being all open, it's kind of hard to uh, rightfully judge what we should do there because we are not a libertarian centric nation. You know what I mean? So it's kind of hard to, because here's the problem. You, you, you open up all the borders. We are a very, um, we, we have, whether people like to agree with it or not, we have a lot of very, uh, socialist programs and opening up those borders a hundred percent just enables more of that more handouts and eventually more taxes coming out of my pocket so in our current state i would be leaning more towards uh tighter borders but in an actual libertarian society it my opinion on that may be just a little different where it would be according to property owners. Does that make sense? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. And, you know, so it comes down back, back around to taxes, you know, social programs, et cetera. And, you know, then you got the infrastructure like roads, which are still being paid with tax dollars. So at what point in, in a society, a hybrid society where, um, you know, you're we're more libertarian, but let's say you're not so libertarian where every road is private. Uh, what, what um, percentage of people that that pay into those roads are going to um, say we're allowing foreigners to come in and become you know any on our land if you know say a certain amount wants them to let's say fifty percent of the people want want people to come in fifty percent don't so you know, the infrastructure is owned by both halves of those people, even if it's low taxes, you know, just for the basic, you know, roads, you know, pure essentials, not a bunch of socialist programs like welfare or public schooling or all that, you know, what, when do you say enough's enough? You know, there's a fine line there. You know, what if it's 50% of the people that oppose it, you know, do you, do you trample over those 40% of people? you know, to satisfy the 60, because democracy, democracy doesn't necessarily equal freedom. It only equals freedom to. Right. And uh, that's why it's kind of hard to kind of decipher that because we are in a more democratic system. So these kind of questions, a a lot of libertarians will fall in the trap of just kind of think kind of a utopia. Oh, well, in this perfect scenario, this is how the the libertarians would live. This is what libertarians believe. So no, I don't support that. But it's like also realistically, that's not how we're living currently. So <laughs> it's always kind of, I, I, I find myself stuck in that realm sometimes and I have to pull myself out. But that's why I'm kind of conflicted on the issue. I I could, I, I, in our system right now, like I said, I think more uh, border security makes sense because, but uh, let's go off of this a little bit uh, because we have some interesting events going on right now. So I wanted to ask you, what do you think about what happened in Washington? Um, Well, 
I mean, there, there's a whole bunch of different angles that I look at it through and I, I applaud it in some respects, you know, and at the same, at the same time, I consider it, you know, like mob rule. I, I don't necessarily like mob rule for anything. I, no. I was opposed to writing, you know, all summer long. And, um, I, I do see the difference, which a lot of people want to conflate both to be the same thing. And, you know, it's not because you're, you know, the riots in the summer, they were going into private businesses and destroying them. Whereas this was centered, centered to the government, you know, and right. in fair, some of the riots over the summer, they targeted police buildings, which mm-hmm. I agree with. It's pretty much the same thing as what happened, but also at the same time, this wasn't even, you know, I wouldn't call it a revolution. I wouldn't call it, you know, anything there, insurrection, none of that. You know, it, it was LARPing, you know, they, they were like playing a video, <laughs> take pictures, you know, what, what good did that do? Yeah. And ultimately it destroyed Trump's image. So I, I think of it was that some kind of CIA op, you know, who knows? And we probably won't know officially for like 50 years. So. Yeah, I've heard a lot of crazy theories about it, but I guess we'll probably never know. But as far as the comparison comparison between the two, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And it's it's just weird that the uh the more left leaning people will try to decipher the difference, but they're when when they're trying to decipher the difference, it's more well, one is for innocent black lives being killed and the other is because the trump supporters didn't get their way it's like why do we always have to create these straw men for each other i and i guess most people wouldn't see the straw man being created if you ascribe to a a particular side so me being kind of on the outside i'm able to see everything so transparently and it's just so hypocritical it's frustrating because obviously whether or not there was truly voter fraud going on, they truly do believe that the election was stolen. And it seems pretty obvious that I'm thinking Trump truly believes the election was stolen from him as well. So these people, they feel like they were just cheated and that America is now uh, being taken over by a, a lie, essentially. So they're, they were furious and they started a riot over. I'm not saying I agree with the riot, but the fact of the matter is if uh, the Biden supporters felt like Trump stole the election from Biden, the same freaking thing would happen with them. So it, and, and like you were saying, the other riots, there was, li- there was like, probably over 50 cities burning to the ground. They kept their mouths shut. Um, they kept their mouths shut and they were saying stuff like mostly peaceful riots, or they just refused to acknowledge that it was happening at all. And the sheer fact that innocent people, private businesses were being targeted. It's a little different. Like you said, if they only targeted those government buildings, it would be a different story. I would say, well, I don't necessarily agree with them doing it, but you know, I can understand why they're just targeting government buildings, but they weren't just doing that. They were burning entire cities down. 
Yeah, and like you said, the media calling it a peaceful protest or whatever, or mostly peaceful protest, they they completely turn turn the, the script around for this. And you know, on Facebook, I was trolling people, and I said, "Oh, don't worry, it's a mostly solution." You know, it's like, come on, you got you got to play it both ways, and the media covers it up completely for the left. Uh, um, I watched uh, Biden speak the other day. Uh, he was like introducing uh, some part of his cabinet or whatever, and, and um, in it, he called everybody that was there a white supremacist. It, it's like, oh gosh. He, He's saying that only white people and only white supremacists at that can support Donald Trump. And it's like they just repeat it so much. Some of the people that I know that, you know, I'm friends with on the left, they they believe it. You know, and the one thing that, uh, you know, no matter how you feel, even if you hate Trump, one of the things is that, I mean, we got what, maybe a week and a half left, but he hasn't started any wars none no and any yeah he didn't start any um, new wars he's just well yeah participating in the continued wars but yeah yeah all yeah. the others biggest thing he did was uh that that uh strike on uh was it that uh, iran uh military guy i don't know i i forget who who his name was yeah yeah uh, about a year or so ago but and that, that was a a very very targeted targeted strike you know, it wasn't like, um, you know, Obama, where he's just dropping bombs and, and killing civilians and, and everybody. So, right. right. And whenever I try to raise these kind of points, uh, they'll automatically assume I'm I'm just some kind of Donald Trump supporter. I'm defending Donald Trump. But no, I'm I'm simply pointing out the hypocrisy because, yeah, he's an authoritarian. Yeah, he has. Uh, participated in these wars and has uh, been responsible for killing some innocent lives. But compared to the Bushes and Obama, I mean, the guy's an angel compared to them and nobody says a word about them. They, they don't get their uh, social media accounts locked out. They, they can just kill as many innocent people as they want and get away with it. Yeah. You know, is with uh, most of the people that that back Trump, um, not necessarily like like for me example, I I backed them in a lot of the things he did, and it's not him personally; it's the ideas he represents. It's not, oh, I admire Trump, or oh, I think he's telling the truth. Like he lies left and right. You know, you know, every time he's lying, and he likes to brag about everything. He'll take credit for stuff that's not even you know something he should take credit for, but. It's the, the principles and ideas that he promotes that a lot of people gravitate towards, you know, and they're completely opposite of what the, the left is representing right now. So it's, well, you know, it's kind of- I think one of the things that have been very clear is that, like I said, even though he's an authoritarian, I, I do truly believe that he's not one of them and they are so desperate to get him out of there because he's not one of them. He is not controlled by them. That's that's one thing that I can admire is that he did this on his own and he's not being controlled by them. And it, it's almost like this weird disruption in the matrix almost. <laughs> and they're they're all they literally there's been a, a coup against Donald Trump since he. And uh, so we're talking about also how um, 
they, they're kind of calling them all white supremacists. I forgot uh, a, a lot of the riots uh, from like six months ago, they were also blaming the white people. Oh, you, you see, yeah, there's some violence, but it's mostly from the white people or the right wing extremists stirring up violence. It, it was horseshit. Obviously we, we saw the videos. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there was more white people involved that were backing black lives matter because white people outnumber blacks like 10 to one. <laughs> you know, the, the whole thing with uh, go, going back to like, like he, he, he represents, represents that uh, he still goes against the, the, the ideas he represents, which also is a, is a uh, internal conflict like he's he's supposedly pro second amendment but he he uh he was the one who put the ban on bump stocks you know and he he was one that supported red flag laws and and said to take now ask questions later but when you contrast that to what the the democrats have already told us the plan is you know to take all the guns away and I think Biden specifically wants to tax every every gun two hundred dollars a year just for you to own it. He yeah. wants to shut down all online sales too, and which yeah. well, to me doesn't make sense because when you're purchasing a firearm online, you you have to have it sent to a FFL dealer anyway, and go through the same background check, and then give them your ID, and then pick up your firearm after the background checks done and you sign for it. it. It's no different than meeting someone in person. So it, it just doesn't make sense. Well, and the, the thing that I find the, the weirdest about this is the democratic uh, party is supposed to represent the poor and, and disenfranchised people, but a $200 a year tax is a poor tax. Rich people don't care. They can pay that. No problem. It's not, not even any big deal to them. Uh, but you know, someone that's making thirty, even thirty thousand, forty thousand dollars a year, you know, you have a couple guns. That's a lot of money you're you're paying just to to be able to bear arms, which is your God-given constitutional right. You know, right. and it, he's supposed to be the one to say tax the rich and and to uh, lower taxes for the poor, which is it. it it's a plain lie because. And it was kind of like during the debates, you you saw him avoiding this question many times, but um, he he kept saying, no, we're going to raise taxes for the rich. But he also wants to get rid of Trump's tax cuts, which were directed towards the middle class and the poor class. So really, yeah, our taxes would go up and so would the rich. And, and Trump kept trying to point that out and say, well, you're trying to get rid of my tax cuts. And he just avoided it, of course. Yeah. You know, so they're, they're going to tax everybody. They, they have to, I mean, the, the, just the, the plans they have alone to spend requires them to take trillions more out in debt. And, you know, how are they going to pay that money? The system is going to collapse eventually. Um, right. the, the, so it's kind of like, I'm, I'm split whether we should just accelerate that or, or, you know, try to pull it back. Let it crash and burn. (laughs) Well, I, I think that the system is inevitably going to collapse. It's just when we're with, with the federal reserve, we're just holding on by nothing. The only reason why 
our money has any value to this day is because we have the most powerful military in the world. Without that, our our money is valueless. Yeah, and the whole reason why we have these wars is because they decided to tie it to oil back in, I think it was the, the mid-70s. You know, they, they tied the dollar, you know, to the oil. So they, they had to continue these wars to make sure that that oil kept getting pumped out of the ground. And that was the biggest mistake, I think, in the in modern history, because it led to all the wars. It, it's uh, hold only thing holding up our dollar. I mean, you know, if we were still on the gold standard, everything would be a little bit more reasonable. We We let the government print however much money they want, you know change the interest rates all the federal reserve does all that we have no control over that you know and and uh, we haven't had much inflation lately um at least that's detectable i mean the inflation yeah. there but they want, it's all artificial they, it, it, they want, we're just waiting for it to essentially catch up to us and then we're screwed <laughs> yeah. well they want to give us more so that uh their their deficit isn't as bad you know, because if the dollar is worth less, they get more dollars to pay off their debts less, you know, so help them regardless. Yeah, uh, I think I think soon they're going to be trying to push through some sort of universal basic income. And it's just a, another strategy. I, I think all of this, this is just a strategy to keep the uh uh, the ruling class in power and by by putting in a universal basic income essentially people just become so reliant and and they because they're expecting it to be there all the time to where they get comfortable with that money and therefore without it they would be screwed so it, it kind of gives the government a little more control over people and, and people who aren't cooperating the way they want, they can always just cut it. Yeah. You know, I was watching this documentary um, about Cuba, you know, and, and their socialist program and they, they gave like a food coupon book and, and some money, whatever, and all the, all the healthcare is supposedly free, but you know, uh, they, they give you uh, the, the food book, once once a month and and they say it runs out in 10 days you know you can't you can't go the whole time with it and that's basically what universal basic income would be here you know it only goes so far and then the prices would inflate yeah you know, ready for the 15 minimum wage like that's almost a guarantee under this new administration and um that that doesn't do anything for small business that that's helping Amazon and Walmart and all these businesses that can already afford to pay $15 an hour. It's right. a mom and pop go out of business. And the other thing is it's disenfranchising the young, the ones that want a job, you know, at 16, but they're not going to get a $15 an hour job. You know, someone will offer maybe seven and that, you know, might just be at the grocery store to go get the carts, you know, and bring them back. And I remember uh, talking to my grandfather and he was telling me about when he was a kid, there would be, there'd be uh, cart boys that would follow you to your car, help you unload, take the cart back for you. And it was because they were only getting paid a quarter. I don't know what that means in today's dollars, but you know, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was, he, he made sure that it was known that it was like not a lot. And 
that's the point, you know, like those jobs could exist. It could make everybody's life easier. And there are people that would work those jobs. And, you know, it goes back to the libertarian principle. Like if people are willing to work for that, why can't they, you know, the the government is creating that restriction. Well, right. And, you know, all these restrictions and intervention on the free market is the reason why we have the issue of people not being able to afford to live on that minimum wage. It's because of their intervention. So when I'm sitting there arguing for, well, there should be no minimum wage, people think I'm insane, but at the same time, the 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 restrictions and intervention are the reason why that minimum wage isn't enough to begin with. So you you raise that. I mean, everything evens out. All all your prices are going to inflate and you'll be back to square one. That fifteen dollars an hour, you still won't be able to afford to live on it. It's just common sense. Yeah. And you know, the the person, the people that benefit the most is actually the politicians because the more money you make an hour, the more they can tax you. They don't care if if things uh, inflate up because you're the one that has to deal with it. They're still getting their bigger cut. You're going to end up being in bigger and bigger tax brackets. Right. I I think a lot of it has to do with, like you were saying, it benefiting a, a lot of these large corporations. And the more that all these kind of regulations are going through, the more it's just obvious that the large corporations are essentially the ruling class of America. And that's why I kind of can um, somewhat see where people are coming from when they talk about COVID-19 conspiracies, where uh, one thing that's obvious is that large corporations like Walmart and Amazon, they are going to be doing better than ever because these restrictions that are in play are completely destroying their competition. And then on top of destroying their competition, because these small businesses can't afford to, uh, first of all, the, the, the restrictions that are in play for the small businesses that are allowed to stay open, they can barely afford to comply with those because they barely make it as it is. So then all of a sudden they're making them put in, like different um, ventilation systems and occupancy restrictions. And um, just that simply is destroying a lot of businesses. Now on top of closing, completely shutting industries down. Yeah. We're wiping out the large corporations competition. And now uh, you, you look into this different stuff Joe Biden is wanting to put in such as a higher minimum wage and universal basic income. These are just other things that are going to further set it in stone to completely destroy small business owners. Yeah. You think? You know, the thing is, is that, I mean, 25 years ago, I remember, I remember when Amazon first started, you know, and he supposedly started out of his garage and was just selling books. I remember the first website, it was, the most basic website, you know, I, I guess it was all right for the time, but, you know, he grew that. So I, I can admire him as a businessman. It was a government that propped him up, you know, giving them subsidies for the, the U.S. Postal Service, you know, that kind of stuff that the government's creating the monopolies and then the obviously the pandemic. So I, I can't blame him for taking uh, the win 
when it was given to them. Right. I mean, but at the same you know, time, the government is using them to push their agenda. Yeah, that too. And, and bringing it full circle to, uh, you know, Trump getting uh, banned on Twitter. So, you know, there's Parler and there's Gab and all that. I just found out that that uh, Parler uses the Amazon uh, web services. And there's people petitioning Amazon to cancel them because they're allowing the free speech, which that, that, that was a very I'm I'm I am all for I'm all for businesses having the freedom to do as they please. I mean, obviously, as long as they're not hurting another person or their property. Um, but as far as parlor on parlors end being a free speech social media, that was a very dumb move of them to do, to have it based off of Amazon services. That is just really stupid if you ask me. So I, if, if Amazon chooses to completely get rid of uh parlor, uh, well, I'm going to say parlor should have been a little more smart. I do. I do think that if they did choose to do that, that um, it, it's due to government pressures. So I, I, it's kind of one of those conflicting things. And that's why with uh, the Twitter ban and the Facebook ban of, of uh, Donald Trump, ironically, Donald Trump was talking about moving over the parlor and then completely gets banned and that tweet got taken down. And then the Google Play Store, I don't know if you saw that, but the Google Play Store completely took Parler off the Play Store. And now uh, the Apple App Store is talking about completely getting rid of Parler off the App Store too. To me, yeah, I, I believe businesses should have that freedom to do that. But at the same time, like I said, there's a ton of evidence showing that uh, these social medias and large tech companies are in bed with government. So should they be allowed to do that due to government pressure? I, I don't think so. Well, I think that, that there comes a time when it, it's not, uh, you know, their decision. And I, I'm conflicted on it a little bit, but you know, when you get to the size of Facebook or Twitter, you, you're to the point where you're you're like the telephone and, you know, you don't have people saying I'm canceling your account because I heard you talk about, you know, politics or something I didn't like. And, you know, so you can't you can't make a phone call anymore. You know, now a smaller site. I don't know. I see, you know, where do you draw the line? I don't know. But, um. You know, if you're going to have protected class, see, here's the other part. If you're going to have protected classes, like you can't, you can't discriminate against uh, races or sexes or, you know, age or whatever, then uh, politics should be in there too. And that would prevent a lot of the problems. But I don't believe there should be any of that, really. I believe people should be able to discriminate um, against any of those categories. And I believe the free market should take care of that. Where, you know, if there's a business that say they're racist against black people, well, if people are mostly decent, they're going to stop going there, you right. know, and be out of business because they won't have anybody going. So I think the free market takes care of that. And if, if it doesn't, then there's a problem with, with what's going on and not necessarily with 
that business. You know, if someone wants to discriminate against a certain group of people, there's a reason behind it. And yeah, I'm curious to see where this is all going to go, because to me, um, the government being in bed with these large tech companies, it seems like they're trying to create a monopoly to destroy free speech. Uh, and I think the reason why they would want this is because I, I truly believe, and there, there's many examples I could give, but all throughout uh, news media history, they have been lying to us and uh, using their networks to spread different ideas that they want us to ascribe to. We just didn't know about it because we didn't have the internet to figure it out. Now we have the internet to figure it out. And now everybody's questioning their power essentially. So the government wants to put pressure on these large tech companies to turn that off. And I, I, I'm curious to see it, where it's going to go, if they're going to actually try to put in some really crazy restrictions into not allowing other social medias. That would be insane. But I don't know. Yeah, you know, and so you got the government playing the other side of the coin. Uh, the same speech that Biden gave, he was saying that he he's making it his priority to uh, support minority businesses so i have a problem with that if you're taking everybody's tax dollars and then just focusing on one group doesn't matter what group you know uh that's that's wrong right you know going back to the free market it, it destroys that idea too you know it's like if, if the government's go, going to have restrictions on on uh you you can't you can't discriminate for race reasons then why would you set up a program that discriminates based on race reasons right it's it's kind of which this is a little different because obviously a lot of them are private um industry but uh with colleges where they're giving out all kinds of scholarships for if you're a minority uh more sp specifically the black minority uh, because they they tend to not side with the the oriental minority but uh it, it's just the the requirements to get into these colleges you can actually as a, a black man or woman get into the college with a lower sat score than the white and uh get almost a full ride, whereas the white won't or just won't get in at all. Like you're more likely to actually get into that college as a black man than you are a white man, even if the white man is more qualified. The same thing with a lot of jobs. They're putting pressure on jobs to hire X amount of minorities. And therefore, if you are uh, African-American and you're applying for a job, whether you're qualified or not, you're more likely to get that job than a white man. It's yeah, and that that creates a problem for them, for black people, because when when someone looks at them and they, they think to themselves, oh, you got that job because you're black, not because of your qualifications. What if that person really is qualified? Most people will automatically assume they might not bring it up or say it out loud, but in the back of their head, that's what they're thinking because this has been going on for years and years and years. So... It, it's really um, hurting that community more than it's helping. Right. You know, same 
like uh you know when they got rid of the the law where um I, I forget if it's a Michigan law or, or federal law, um, but you can't uh, ask if someone's a felon, you know, then people base their, their decision off of crime statistics, which uh, disproportionately is black people that are committing the crime. So they'll, they'll inadvertently decide whether to hire someone, you know, based on the color of their skin instead of whether they were actually were a felon or not. And that's you know, why well, I take the quote unquote radical approach where I say, well, a business sh should be able to hire anyone they please for whatever reason they please and to fire anyone they please for whatever reason they please. I don't believe that any of these restrictions should, should exist. And, and that's when someone will say, well, do you think a business should be able to say no black people allow? Sure. Yeah. I, I would say yes. Do I think that's right? Absolutely not. But guess what? If, in today's society, if you believe that a business running on no black people allowed would actually survive, you're insane. There, there is no way the free market would take care of it. That is a poor business move. And the fact of the matter is, if you're a black man or, okay, let, let's use me, for example, I'm a, I'm a white dude. Let's say a business was running on, I don't know, no blonde hair, blue eyes, white white men allowed in here would i sit there and try to fight for making that person allow me to be on uh in their private uh, property no because i'm not welcome i don't want to be there so why would you force them to i view someone's private business the same way i view their home if someone doesn't want someone in their home, they should be able to tell them to leave. It's their property, just like their businesses. If they don't want someone in their business, they should be able to tell anyone they want to leave. And if the free market doesn't like it, then stop giving them your damn money. Yeah. So that's I mean where I stand with the, the free market, but and in taking it back to the social media, I it's just hard it's hard to think about it because we, the government is trying to monopolize them. So I don't blame, like you were saying, I don't blame Amazon and I don't blame Facebook for complying. I mean, they're doing what's best for them. So the difference in a free, a true free market society is a lot of people will say, well, it's, it's based on selfishness and based on just wanting capital. Well, a lot of that may be true, but without a uh, government creating monopolies, it doesn't matter. It, it, all it can do is benefit other people. Whereas if a government's creating a monopoly on a business who uh, these people also want are also have selfish tendencies, it's going to be a huge problem. Because obviously they're going to take that. I mean, why wouldn't they? It, it helps eliminate com competition. It's kind of like um, there's examples of states that they'll sell, for example, like fireworks. Um, and they have a lot of restrictions on fireworks. So they only allow, allow like one or two vendors to sell fireworks in the entire state. Well, of course, these vendors are going to support that because it eliminates all the competition. Well, I mean, they would be stupid not to support it, but it it's 
creating a monopoly on that firework industry. Same thing with social media. Same thing with Amazon. It's just yeah, one of those you, things. One of the ones really, really uh, gets to me is when you go to pay like, you know, some government bill, say it's a water bill or whatever it is, you know, and you go to pay online and then they, they direct you to a third party, uh, you know, um, person that takes your money and then charges you an extra $10 or, you know, some 3%, depending, you know, so, you know, it could be a lot of money if you're paying like state tax bill, you know, property taxes or something. And, you know, they, they should be in the, the process of doing that themselves. They're, they're giving it to a third party where, where they pick the third party and, you know, they're, they're just, they have that, that relationship, you know, it's complete monopoly. Right. You know, I, I just don't, don't get some of that. So. Yeah. So I think from here, anyone who values free speech and the free market. Yeah. So I think from here, anyone who values free speech and the free market, there's plenty of us that can create these free, or, uh, these free speech alternatives. And I, I don't think it's going, the solution is going to be using an Amazon network or using um, even some of these like third party um, website creation tools. Those also can cancel your website at any time for any reason. We need to actually be creating stuff for ourselves. And I think one, th essentially websites, uh, website technology that runs on the blockchain and uh, one example of this is uh, there's a a website called Unstoppable Domains, and you can actually purchase uh, blockchain domains from them, and they're on the blockchain. Even if even if government said I'm going, I want to shut your website down, you can say good luck. It's on the blockchain. It can't go away. At that point, like they could put in restrictions. Uh, they, they could pressure uh, browsers to not support IPFS, but they can never shut down your website. And I, I think libertarians and anarchists, we need to start focusing on these solutions because I, I, th I see this getting really bad from here. And I think the free market does have the upper hand here where we have the technology and the innovation to do this. We just haven't been doing it as much. Blockchain technology, I'm telling you right now, is going to dominate the internet space. And, and that's why I'm, I'm so supportive of um, uh, the cryptocurrency uh, private or, uh, pirate chain. And uh, for example, Monero, they are privacy-based cryptocurrencies where they, for example, they are so secure and so private that the IRS for, and actually I talked about this in one of my previous episodes, but I'm talking about it again, but uh, it's just because I love this so much, but the IRS is offering $650,000 to anybody who can crack Monero. And they've been trying to crack Monero for, I think, over five years. So if that doesn't tell you something, I don't know it does, but that is 
freaking awesome to me. It just warms my heart to hear that they're so desperate with pretty much an unlimited uh, budget and resources that they're now reaching out to the private market to crack it. Makes me pretty happy. Well, see, I, I like the idea of, uh, you know, crypto, you know, blockchain, all that. Uh, but but you're still at the mercy of the the service provider, you know, and like you said, the 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 um, you know browser. I I just seen uh, Firefox. They they um, put an open letter out condemning what Trump did, and uh, it's not enough to just censor him on Twitter. And they they're trying to take it to a whole new level, you know. And I mean, I'm not a programmer, but I'm pretty sure a browser is something easy to code you know, for someone that does it for a living, yeah, it is. I'm sure there, there could be alternatives real quick, but you know, it's just a point, you know, it, it's like as uh, people that lean right, you have to duck and dodge and, and uh, go around all the, these loopholes just, just to be using the internet like a normal person. Right. And, you know, um, I, have you heard of a uh, bit shoot? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I created an account on there. I'm going to start uploading. I, I was having issues with uploading some of my stuff from my phone. So I'm going to have to try to log in on my computer. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people that I used to watch on YouTube, I have to watch on, on BitChute now because they, yeah. they've been kicked. Um, but that's an yeah. example of blockchain ruling. It, it, that Blockchain, like I was saying, I think is going to rule the space because like you were talking about with BitChute, BitChute, their videos are actually on the blockchain. Once someone posts those videos, they can't go away and nobody can take them down. But BitChute themselves can't take them down. They could maybe, I I, I don't know the exact um, details, but uh, from my understanding, they could maybe take them down from their particular site, but they're still on the blockchain and still can be accessed. And uh, have you heard of, uh, it's called, library or uh, odyssey i've heard of library um okay. I, I, but it was really uh slow it was like choppy on the video i was trying to watch so i i didn't really get into it yeah so and the reason for that is because it's similar to BitChute. if you were to upload a video on BitChute in like 1080p uh 60 fps it's because it's on the blockchain it just runs a little slower and it'll get better. Um, from my understanding, the more viewers, it, it's kind of the opposite of uh, standard uh, websites, but the more people that view one particular video, the faster it loads. That's just how blockchain works. It becomes more efficient. But um, yeah, if, if it was loading slow, it's probably because someone uploaded it in in 1080p or 4k and they warn you that you're supposed to for optimal view um, to upload in 720 um, 30 fps but uh anyway a library in in odyssey they're actually um i i don't know why they create it this way but they're essentially the same website and um, library is more of their blockchain based system where you can, they give you like a wallet and you can acquire cryptocurrency from watching videos and completing tasks and whatever. But when you 
upload to library, it automatically uploads to Odyssey and all your videos are on the blockchain. So they're pretty much censorship free. Yeah, no, that even even when you're, uh, you know, not able to be taken down, you still have cancel culture. You have to worry about that's the other big problem. You know, if you're showing your face and um, right. you know, they're going to come after you if they don't like your ideas nowadays. So, yeah, right. And that's I think that is what I, I think that's what the government wanted to create. They they don't have to to necessarily be the enforcers if they can convince everybody else uh, freely to choose to be enforcers. It, it's kind of like mob rule. While the government is kind of brainwashing them and pressuring them into a certain thing, the mob is the reason why we are oppressed. And businesses will freely choose to not hire people based on that. And that's where a lot of libertarians come into conflict is because um, technically they're doing it out of their free judgment and free will. But at the same time, it's because government's pressuring them and um, kind of pushing them to do that through propaganda and through their government schools, kind of training them to think a certain way. And that's why for uh, I was always the person to say, well, Facebook should be able to ban whoever they want because they're a private business. So I was always that person up until recently and until I started coming into these conflictions. But um, I don't even know where I was going with that. Um, uh, where was I going with that? That's why uh, moving forward, there's a lot of talk about, and actually it's not just talk because our businesses are already starting to push it through, but they're, they're going, there's private businesses that are going to be requiring vaccinations. And if you don't get a vaccination, you can't, you either can't use their service or you can't work there while they are freely choosing to do that. Um, based on um, the free market, they are, are also kind of, I hate using the word brainwash because it's just so overused by people, uh, just the right in general. And I don't want to sound like a tinfoil hat, but essentially they are being brainwashed into complying with these standards. Like uh, the misinformation that's been going out about COVID-19 with uh the the case counts and and death statistics they essentially purposefully cause fear into people so because of government purposefully causing fear in individuals these kind of acts of uh, requiring vaccinations or covid passes and stuff will be required because of that the government doesn't have to mandate it and require it themselves because people will freely choose to do it on their own. Yeah. You know, and so the way to fight that, you know, instead of just being in despair, um, first you have to be debt free. Like I've been debt free for probably six years now, you know, I own my house. It's all paid off. 
I just have to pay for my living expenses and taxes. And um, that that's given me a lot of freedom to be discriminatory on which jobs I take, um, you know, and I also built up, you know, a nice cushion so that if something does happen, I can say, you know what, I'm not interested. I'll take a break. And that's given me a lot of freedom and uh, relieved a lot of stress. You know, when you when you own a house, but you have a mortgage, you you feel obligated to work. It's almost like like indentured sl- uh, slavery. You know, it's like you yep. have to do it. And, and it, they can it, push you around however they want because you have to pay for that house. You have to um, be able to afford to live. So if they tell you to get a vaccination, you get a vaccination. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what my podcast is all about. It's not just talking about the issues at hand and complaining about it. It's actually more, I'm trying to make it more focused on a practical approach to creating more freedom and liberty in your own life. And what you were just saying, being debt free, that is like one of the most important, probably the most important step you can make because without those ties, people don't have as much control over your life. And I'm not debt-free myself. I'm only 25 years old. I have a mortgage. Um, I, I have a, a lot of things I'm trying to pay off, but that is that is my major goal is to pay off all my debts. That is the most important step that everybody could take. I, I think the second most important step would be to be in control of your own income and to have your own business. Well, what do you what do you think about some of those things? Yeah, I mean, definitely, if if you're in control of your own income, you know, and not only that, but have multiple streams of income. I mean, that that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm trying to uh, diversify so that I can get as much different streams of income as I can. So when one dries out, I can rely on the other. And uh, part of that is investing in in stocks and you know that pay dividends and and you know some growth stocks. Um. Uh, I've been skeptical on, uh, you know, Bitcoin. I should have just did it, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. You, you know, and who knows? It could be, you know, uh, up another uh, forty grand, you know, in a year. Who knows? I think you know? it will continue to grow. I I don't even think we've seen nearly what it's going to go to, but I think at some point it will either just level out or crash, um, because once the market actually sees what other um, cryptocurrencies there are, they're not going to use Bitcoin because Bitcoin is just very inefficient. It's very slow. It's it's completely transparent. Gov- government can track it very easily. It's just inefficient. And so there, there's other alternatives such as Bitcoin Cash that are your transactions are instantaneous. So um, and and then I was talking about those privacy coins. Um, I think soon, because obviously government's trying to crack down with restrictions on cryptocurrency. I think privacy uh, cryptocurrencies are going to be huge soon. They they are going to completely take off because government is going to try to take away all your privacy and it's going to come down to just people want freely choosing to start using these privacy um, cryptocurrencies. So whenever I 
talk to people getting into cryptocurrency. I mean, I'm not an expert. I, I can't predict the future, but I can guarantee that these privacy cryptocurrencies are going to explode. They've already in a year more than doubled, um, uh, tripled actually. So if you're going to invest a little bit into cryptocurrency, I suggest putting some into these privacy uh, cryptocurrencies. Yeah, I'm going to have to look into that. Yeah, I'll send you over some. Uh, there, There's a bunch of different ones, um, but a lot of them are uh, where your privacy is optional. Like you can turn it on or off. And my opinion is if privacy is optional, then you don't have privacy at all. So to me... I, I stick with that top one, Monero, which is one of the most popular ones. That's the one the IRS is offering $650,000 to. And then Pirate Chain, which which is uh, a newer one. They are growing and becoming pretty big. I don't always recommend new people going into that one because it's, uh, it's still a little buggy. And... Um, they are great, but if you're going to choose one, I, I would say Monero. I'm actually, I actually scheduled an interview and I was surprised I got this interview, but um, an interview with one of the head um, team. What libertarian podcasts or, you know, other, other influential people in the libertarian world, do you recommend to people? Um, so when my number one is uh, Tom Woods. I don't. I don't know. Do you listen to Tom Woods? Yeah. Yeah. Tom Woods is awesome. Very one of the best uh, intellectuals in the uh, libertarian space. He, he came from a conservative background. I think he is the only person capable of being another Ron Paul. Uh, were you a Ron Paul fan? Um, I really wasn't uh, aware of him back then. So, yeah. I can't well, say I if you, I don't know if you've heard any of his. Uh, I'm I'm losing uh, audio. I said I, I watch his podcast now once in, once in a while, but back when he was uh, running, no, I I wasn't aware of him really. Okay, yeah, the Liberty Report's pretty awesome. Uh, you you should definitely look up some of his old uh, debates and stuff while he was running. It is just awesome. Like it, <laughs> I'm, I'm a nerd, but I, I, I seriously will get like goosebumps from listening to him talk and just completely destroying the arguments of the other Republicans on the stage. It's just phenomenal. But other than uh, Tom Woods, I, I do listen to Liberty report. Uh, not as much as some of the others, but, um, I listened to Dave Smith's part of the problem. Do you, you know, Dave yeah. Smith? Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, Scott Horton. Do you listen to Scott Horton? No, not, not too much. Uh, you know, if he's on, uh, Dave's Dave's show, I listen, but independently from that, no. Okay. And then, um, I listened to a lot of, uh, Michael Malice. He's very interesting, but his, his show is not a libertarian show. But uh -huh. and, and 
my number one, which kind of his, I wouldn't even say is necessarily a libertarian show, but he's got a lot of libertarian leaning talks and it is a very practical approach to um, establishing your own freedom. And that's called the survival podcast with Jack Spearco. I don't know. Never heard of that. Well, I, I forget how I stumbled across him, but I remember I, I turned him on and I, I was looking for some kind of like survival skills and stuff I wanted to learn. And I, I listened to him for like a half an episode and I turned him off and I was like, ah, I can't listen to this he, because all he was talking about was like gardening in one of his episodes. And then I don't know what caused me to, but I circled back and gave him another shot and started listening to him. And he, he's just been awesome with everything. Uh, his views on government and practical uh, uh, discussions about uh, creating your own freedom. He does talk a little bit about prepping, not, not as much as you would think it's more practical prepping where it's not like tinfoil hat. It's more just being prepared common sense wise. And, but I've learned more from his show than I have anywhere else. And, I always recommend people go to him, but other than those, um, I, I, those are my major ones. What other, uh, podcast do you recommend? I mean, look for, as far as libertarian, you hit the two on the head that I always go to and that's Tom Woods and Dave Smith. Um, you know, the rest, the rest are really random as far as in the libertarian sphere. Um, who else out of that do I listen to? Uh, I tune into you, Lions of Liberty sometimes. Are you familiar with the the Dark Stream? No. Okay, he's not libertarian. He's more, I'd say, conservative, um, if anything. Um, but he has an interesting story, and he, he seems like he's pretty intellectual. Uh, the only problem is he talks really slow. You have to kind of watch him on two two x speed. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, other than that. I have no problem with him. And he, he brings up a lot of uh, interesting points and topics. It's kind of um, arrogant in a sense, you know, but once you get past that, yeah, he, he brings up some very, uh, very good talking points. The only problem is, is that um, recently he hasn't really been uh, streaming that much and him and uh, do you know who Owen Benjamin is? Oh uh, yeah. I've, I've heard the name. Okay. So uh, they, they uh, started, unauthorized tv together which okay. is service or something i didn't subscribe to it but i watch them both you know on like BitShoot or something where i can find them um here and there but yeah they, they're both like so i don't know have you like owen benjamin have you actually listened to like his podcast i i i've listened to so many different ones i i can't off the top of my head i can't think of one but i probably have I mean, he's more entertaining than anything else, and he has some pretty crazy ideas. But, um, yeah, you know, so when he partnered up with Vox Day, that's how I, I got into listening to the Dark Stream with Vox Day. And uh, he, he brought up some points that, that you know, have held in my head, you know, like, like points that I didn't think of other which ways until I heard him. So. It, he definitely brings something to the table, um, even though he's not necessarily libertarian. And 
he's more more uh i mean he's a christian so there, there's that aspect to it too i i don't know if you are i i am but i am a christian yeah um yeah I, so that i'm I, not that, always the best example but <laughs> I, what's that i said i'm not always the the best example of a christian but i am yeah so he'll he'll bring it like full circle sometimes and and talk about how you know a bible verse to something that's actually going on and he's also well versed in history too so you know uh strategy for battles and this and that he can tie that into whatever he's talking about um I mean, check it out. might not be for you, but you might like it. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. But uh, definitely send me over some of those, uh, a couple of those links you said, Gab and uh, Parlor, so that I can put them in the show notes there. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely have to have future conversations. This one was kind of like a free for all in the future if we decide to get you on again, which I, I if you're up to it, I'm, I'm, I would definitely be for it. We could uh, set aside a particular topic before we go and talk about that topic. I, I know we talked about before talking about the um, the debates and we never ended up doing that, but I, I just kind of was getting fed up with it all. And I, I didn't, <laughs> it was kind of almost infecting my brain and affecting the way I was performing. You know, uh, this conversation reminded me of another another guy to watch. Uh, do you know uh, the Red Elephants? No. Red Elf. Uh, I think his name is Vincent, but um, he he got banned off YouTube, so he's on BitChute now. But he also has his uh, own website, RedElephants.com, and he he posts. Uh, he, he's um, Republican or conservative or whatever. Um. So he comes from that angle, but he does do a lot of uh, good good uh topics and i i find it interesting so okay. probably yeah, i'll have to check that out anyway man uh i'm glad glad i had you on we'll stay in contact i'll put up those links we'll definitely stay in touch thanks thanks all for right. coming on thanks for having me on all right that's all we have for you today if you are on any of the major podcast catchers Make sure you hit that download link or subscribe. If you are on YouTube or Odyssey, make sure you subscribe to my channel. Also, I would love feedback. So if you want to leave a comment, that would be great. And I will try to respond to everybody. Now, I'm very active on MeWe right now. So I suggest if you want to stay in touch with me, that's a great way to stay in touch. So I will link MeWe in the show notes below along with my Gab account. I'm not linking my parlor because you can't get on parlor right now. Now, to listen to more episodes of the podcast, you can also go to www.breakingthesystems.com. And actually, from there, if you scroll all the way down to the bottom, there is a sign up sheet for my email list. Now, there is a Telegram channel that I have that actually I prefer over my email list. And this this is due to it being just so much more convenient and easy to use. So the Telegram channel, <clears throat> once you subscribe there, it is not a group chat where everybody, it's a big free-for-all. You will only see notifications from me and that is it. So that's an awesome thing to start using and I will link that down below as well. Anyway, I'll see you next time.